Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's episode is going to be Random Thoughts number eight. Random Thoughts number eight. My general thoughts on today's society and culture and the population of the majority of the world. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. So, a couple of quick disclaimers. Um, number one. For whatever reason, um, I came to the realization, and by the way, when I say for whatever reason, I'm directly directly attributing to our Lord and His Blessed Mother, I always talk the smack that today could be my last day. I always talk that smack. And it wasn't until today that I... I, I For honesty's sake, I'm going to say that I probably only still have a dim awareness, but uh, for today, it it was made uh, a lot more clear to me. So, I try to keep these episodes under an hour, just given, you know, the limitations. But for today... Because of the topic matter, I've decided I'm going to talk until I feel like I've covered everything. So if it takes me 10 minutes, it takes me 10 minutes. If it takes me an hour and a half, it takes me an hour and a half. You know, I'll stop when I feel I've given the topic some justice. Second thing. The things I'm about to say are generalized, but I'm not. For the sake of charity on most of my episodes, I do try to show charity in the sense that I try to downplay any harsh, harsh rhetoric or harsh words. Today, I'm, I'm going to make an exception to that rule. So here's your warning at the very beginning of the episode. If you're easily offended, you may not want to listen. That's your warning. That's all you get. Let me see. Let me see if there's anything else. Make sure. Just as a a uh, fail-safe. I don't think I clarified what I talk smack about. I always talk, I always talk smack about today may be your last day. 
And I realize, as I said earlier, you know, when I said it, I had a dim understanding, but it, it didn't hit home. Today, it hit more home, but I got a feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm still only dimly aware. But this is the reason that I'm doing this, this, this uh, episode a little differently today. Because anything could happen between now, at, at present recording, and whenever. So, um, as I said, I, not only do I try to be charitable with my audience in the sense that I try to try not to, to be harsh in my approach or harsh in my words, but I also try to keep it within the limitation of my audience. You know, you may not like what I say. I don't care. It's the truth. Most people don't have, can only think in 30 second sound bites. So a podcast that's over an hour to them is intolerable, especially if you approach it the way I have on some episodes and just let the verbal bullets fly. And uh, let God sort them out. So I've tried to keep them under an hour. For today's episode at least. And this may become a regular thing. I'll see where the Lord and His Blessed Mother takes me. For today, for today's episode, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm, go, I'm not going to um, moderate my approach. And I'm dang sure ain't going to moderate what I say. Hence the warning. So let's get started. What brought on this sudden... Uh, what brought on this sudden inspiration was... Was I was talking to my priest today. And as he was dropping me off, he was talking about how... Well, I like, I like using the... Uh, the Luna bars, because the Luna bars don't have any soy in them. And soy's what's been draining the masculinity out of today's youth. Now you have to bear in mind, my priest is a good 20 years younger than I am. And if you grew up in the 70s, you probably, well, you might have forgotten by this time. But... Back in the 70s, we had a joke about McDonald's hamburgers that they, we used to call them soy burgers because the urban legend at that time was, was that they were made out of soy, mostly soy, and meat byproducts. So, What I decided for today's episode I'm going to talk about is the general, my thoughts, my general thoughts, and as usual, take it for what it's worth, of today's society and culture. And when I say today, um, 
I am referring to present moment, but I'm also referring to at least my lifetime. Obviously, I can't speak to stuff that I wasn't alive during that time. But the reason I, I raised this story about my priest is that I've heard other Sedvacantist priests and prelates say this similar stuff. They basically, they hear stuff on the internet and the whole soy thing was a, a big deal back in 2017. I basically ignored it because I, I, you know, I, I could just, it, it was a fad. It was an internet fad. And the internet's like the world at large. There are fads. There are certain topics that'll gain traction for its minute of fame, and then they'll die out and people will forget about them. But they hear this stuff, and because, for whatever reason, because people are individuals, you know, they take this, this stuff to heart. And, you know, our priests and our prelates are no different. Um, I, I believe Bishop Sanborn said this, either Bishop Sanborn or Bishop Dolan. They, but one of those two bishops said, we need more saints in this time. Now, when I first heard that remark, um, I agreed with it in principle, but I'm sure that anyone who's honest with themselves would hear something like that and say, oh, let somebody else do that. You know, if, 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 they're, if they're fully aware of what the saints put themselves through, if they're fully aware, they'd say, well, I can't do that. That's for special people. And in keeping with my honesty, I would say it is a it is up to special people to become saints. However, however, even if you are chosen by God to be a saint, just like his blessed mother, you get a yes or a no. You could either say, yes, I will be a saint, or no, that's, that's too hard, that's too difficult. I don't want to go through that mess. A lot of people, a lot of people get it twisted and think that Mother Mary was predestined to say yes. Disclaimer, this is my theory. It's not infallible and it's not, um, I'm, 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 I'm saying what my theory is. So, you know, for those of you, uh, Autists out there who, who want to try to get me in trouble, go ahead, try. I just gave my disclaimer. Um, I believe that the Mother Mary had a choice to say yes or no to bear our Lord and Savior in her womb. To keep herself pure and undefiled while she was here on earth. I believe that she did have a choice now, the mechanics of it, to me, are not important. 
to me, it's enough that according to my hunch, she had a choice. She said yes. That I don't need to know the mechanics. And that's another thing about today's society. We always have to know why, why, why did they get it? Why, 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 why? Just accept stuff. Now, for the seculars out there, I expect them to, to question everything. I expect them to question everything because they're secular, they're worldly. It's what society is. And being products of society, it's what they do. But, but people who claim to be true Catholics, if it, you know, it should be enough. Now, once again, I did say this is a theory. But even, even if you don't want, if you want to claim somehow or another that she had no choice in the matter, it should be good enough for you that when Gabriel came to her and told her, you're going to bear our Lord Jesus in your womb, and she said yes, that should be good enough for you. You don't need to know the mechanics. To quote one of my favorite saints, yeah, he is a saint, uh, St. Louis de Montfort, oh, I'm sorry, not St. Louis de Montfort, St. Uh, Jean-Pierre de Cassade, he said, you don't, um, I wish I had the quote right in front of me, but he said something along the lines is, you don't need to know the, um, you don't know, need to know the reason why God does things. You just need to do it. Until people get this through their thick freaking skulls, they're going to be miserable. They're going to be miserable because they're always, and by the way, I'm not counting myself out on this. I sometimes fall into the same thing. I'm trying to second guess God. It's not our job to second guess God. God is God. We are dust. And that's another thing too. Unless you, you get the self-importance out of you, you're, you're always going to be full of yourself. Okay? You're always going to be full of yourself. So, lose the pride. We are dust. He is God. What he does is, you know, as our maker, what he does is up to him. He's sovereign. We have no say. Why do you think that the saints and the doctors of the church always use the metaphor of clay? Because when a potter, what, what the potter does as the creator is up to the potter's will. The clay has no say. It, we are no different. I know, I know. You, oh, it's special little snowflake. You know, I, 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 I'm full of myself. You got to listen to me. No. Nobody has to listen to you. Most of all, God. Which brings me to another another point. I was talking to a set of contest friend of mine, and he was pointing out to me that 
um, that probably some people, you know, that, that the things that, I, that I'm saying is, you know, water off a duck's back. And I had to remind him, I had to remind him of what I've said ad nauseum. I don't give a big fat rat's eyeball if you listen or not. I don't give a big fat rat's eyeball about your your um, your complacency, your arrogance, um, your self-assuredness. I don't care about any of that. I'm doing what I think God and the Blessed Mother had put me here to do. Everything after that is up to them. So I don't, you know, it makes it very easy for me that, you know, if I say what I say and people decide for whatever reason to ignore it, to just blow them off. It makes it very easy. Because at the end of the day, we are here to please and I'm especially including you, set of a contest in this. At the end of the day, we're not here to please ourselves. We're not here to please our friends and our neighbors. We're here to, to please our Lord, our Lady, and the Heavenly Kingdom. That's it. So, but this is, this is, all, this is all the garbage of modernism. But I am going to bring this back around to the original point. You know, when when I let's let's just use um let's just use regular people, lay people as an example. When I hear them, you know, oh they put soy in the burgers. That's why our, uh, our, our men are weak and effeminate. No. No. One of the biggest, biggest things that I absolutely despise about modern society, it's always somebody else's fault. My kids are spoiled and ungrateful. It's society's fault. My kids act like animals. It's society's fault. I, I'm a drug addict who robbed the liquor store and killed somebody. It's society's fault. Nobody can man up and take responsibility for themselves. And it absolutely makes me sick because even in my lowest state of paganism, in my lowest state, I tried as best as I was able to always own up to my responsibilities. If I screwed up, it was my fault, and I took, I took the consequences. And while we're at it, that's another thing. Well, it's society's fault because there are no consequences for your actions. No, there are still consequences for your actions. Society may not be enforcing those consequences, but there are spiritual and moral consequences for a person's actions. And the fact that I should even need to tell this to people who claim to be true Catholics, I'm, I'm telling it to people in general, but, you know, given what, by what I go by, on what I see on the internet, you know, as I never get tired of saying, a lot of people act no differently 
you know, they may have cleaner language. They may be, they may be more um, polite. But in attitudinally in the way they think, they're no different from their secular neighbors. They're no different. They're still getting hung up on crap, literal crap, soy, um, politics. This crap does not matter. And once again, this all boils down to not taking responsibility for yourself. You know, well, my kids are messed up. Well, maybe that's because you're messed up. Okay? Oh, and that's another thing, too. The people who do mess up and know they mess up, well, well my parents, but it's my parents. You got to take it. You know, if you guys don't get the concept that if you believe in God, you've got to answer privately or in your private judgment for everything that you did. What do you, you know, are you going to give God the label? It's society's fault. No. He's not going to, he, he, that's not going to fly. And if you think otherwise, I feel sorry for you. I really do. Your responsibility. The reason why, and by the way, I'm just going to put this out here. One of the things that you, and I, I got to thank my priest for this because it reminded me of something that used to drive me nuts before I, you know, took my religion seriously. When I, when I would go on Twitter and read these uh, rad trad um, females sitting there and say, well, the men of today are immature. The men of today, are, they're not men. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, okay, girly. Because that's what you are, as a girly. What about you? Are you maybe a little too materialistic? Maybe a little vain about your looks? Or your intellect, for that matter? Or maybe you're just a little bit prideful about your quote-unquote sanctity. You, you, you think you're, you're the best thing since St. Teresa of Avila, whose feast day was, is today, by the way. But you want to throw stones at the, the males, your co-religionist males, for their shortcomings. You need to wake up. Quit, quit, quit talking about, quit talking about um, the problems with, with the males. Look at yourself. Because at the end of the day, you can't change them. They have to, you know, they have to ask for the graces to change, you know, for the Lord and the mother, our mother, to change them. Change, ask for the grace to change yourself. St. Teresa, or I'm sorry, St. Therese of the infant Jesus said, turn your eyes upon yourself before you criticize others. And once again, um, for those of you who think I'm being a hypocrite, nice rash judgment. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm doing. But if that's the way you want to view it, God go with you. Enjoy. But it was this. Okay, so 
You're worried about, everybody's worried about the young men. And my question at the time, you got to remember, I have a foot in both camps, so I'm semi-pagan. I'm thinking to myself, well, what about, you know, because the adults were doing it, oh, young men. I'm like, what about your young females? The ones, the ones that are in the Vatican II, Vatican II sect dress like amateur hookers and act like it. And the ones who, quote unquote, are trying to be pious and devout are full of pride, vanity, and complacency. They didn't, you know, at the end of the day, for you adults out there, if you're worried about the kids, uh, hello, we're responsible adults. And once again, I'm going to say, this is generalized. If you tried to raise your kids right and they decided to go their own route, you've done what you can. I am talking to the people who want to blame everybody else but themselves. For society. Um, we can't. We can't go. At present time. Back to the future. Uh, back to the past. And blame. Our, our past generations. For their screw ups. We can only take responsibility. For our screw ups. Because it was the past screw-ups and the way that past parents raised their kids that were in this situation. It doesn't matter which party is in power. They're both the same. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It's all the same. Get your mind out of the world. Wake up! You know, but it's easier. It really is. It's easier to, 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 to blame everybody but yourself. And it's even harder. It's even harder to look, to give a deep, honest look deep into yourself. And look at what a wretched individual we all are. Which brings me to the topic of courage. You know, everybody is under the worldly notion that somehow it's courageous to die in battle. No. Dying in battle is easy, especially when the odds are stacked against you. If you're, you know, a platoon or a squad or one lone guy manning a foxhole and the odds are stacked against you, but you're told to hold that position, it's very easy to die. Now, in case you're new to this, I'm a former vet. I'm not a wartime vet, but I am a vet. So I understand what I'm talking about here. But you know what takes more courage? Standing up in the face of authority and telling them, pound sand, I'm not doing it. And then, and then, oh, before I get too far afield, and, and being willing to accept the consequences. And once again, just like if, if, you're, if you're a lone person or a squad or whatever, facing impossible odds, you know, 
if you if if you know you're gonna get shot in the head or whatever, that takes a certain amount of courage. But what takes a, a lot of moral courage, and this is this is what today's society is lacking: moral courage. Moral courage. But to know that you may be tortured over days, over you know. It, in the case of a totalitarian regime being tossed in a camp, knowing that the conditions in that camp are going to be so horrendous, every day if you wake up, you're going to want to die. And still going ahead and being the person that God meant you to be. That's moral courage. Any damn fool can die for his country. I mean, and such as is constituted... All countries are Masonic in origin, therefore they're not legitimate and they're not, um, they're not, um, anything to die for. You know, when I, when I hear the neo-traditionalists in the Sedvacantis talk about military service like it's some great thing, I laugh at them. Not obviously not in their face, but I laugh at them inwardly because it's ridiculous. You're going to die for a godless country. Really? How about dying for God? And by the way, once again, not a physical death, a spiritual death, death to the old self. That's what being Catholic is all about. Okay? I mean, being physically martyred it's nothing to be ashamed of, but I'm saying it takes... That is why in an earlier episode I quoted from St. Louis de Montfort where he talked about the people who have to go out in the day-to-day -day world being crusaders because people who, who are trying to be faithful to the church, our Lord and his mother, they die a spiritual death every day, little by little. They die. And it could be no other way. That's what we're called to do. You know, with a physical martyrdom, you suffer the pains of the tortures and the eventual death. That, that lasts at best maybe a couple days, a week or so. We're talking about eternity lasts forever. Now, for those, you know, who... They, the, the, the true Catholic Church has what is known as a white martyrdom. This, this, the spiritual teachers and the saints talk about this. Where you die to yourself. And this is where having moral courage comes in. Because nobody has the moral courage to die to themselves. Once again... I'm fighting this battle myself. So I'm not pretending to be a saint. I never have. It's, a, it's the toughest thing you ever have to do while you're here. But everybody wants to make this earthly existence into a hammock. You know, oh, I got to be as comfortable as I can. I got to have all the shite briny uh, uh, bright shiny stuff 
I've got to indulge my carnal nature for sex, clothing, food. Now, don't get this twisted, said of a conscience. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to be married. But even in the married state, just because you're in a married state and the union is blessed by God does not mean you get to slacken in your spiritual responsibilities. You know, everybody, um, and obviously I'm talking about subconscious here, the attitude that seems prevalent, you know, that I see online is, oh, well, you know, um, my marriage is sanctified by God. Just like when I got confirmed, you know, that's it. That's all I got to do. My marriage is sanctified by God. That means I get to, you know, the only inconvenience to me is I have a bunch of kids and I love them. And that leads us to what I originally was talking about. Your, your kids being screwed up. Society being screwed up. Because you're not taking the responsibility of raising them the right way. And for those of you, because I do realize, a lot of society's problems are basically based with the parents. But if... If you were overindulged as a kid, if you were overindulged as a kid, you got to somebody, well, it ultimately ends with you. If you realize that you were overindulged with a, as a kid, you need to say, okay, I recognize this. This needs to change. And that's the biggest flaw with society in my lifetime. Everybody, including myself, has been overindulged. But people are so full of um, the seven deadly sins that they refuse to even acknowledge it, more or less recognize it. And they want, you know, um, they just... You know, they're so full of themselves. I don't need, I don't need to do a spiritual inventory. I'm fine. Well, God help you, because you're going to need it. The biggest problem with society is overdulgence. It's not the politics. It's not the culture. It's not. It's not the soy. It's not the food. Food is fuel. You know, I've probably been eating soy products since my mother's birth. Or, I'm sorry, since my birth. Um, I don't consider myself any less of a man. Now, there have been, I've met some other guys who, you know, put me to shame. And I'll be man enough to admit that. But as far as my, my, let me, let me just say this. That, um... It's your mindset that makes you effeminate. It's your, not just, not just your, your natural mindset. It's your spiritual mindset that if you're a male, makes you a man. Your attitudes, spiritually and naturally. That's it. It's not the food you eat. It's not your identity. 
It is your attitudes and your way of thinking. And that goes for you too, females. You know, you want to fall into the worldly mindset. It's a guy's fault. It's a guy's fault. Turn your, you know, for you, for you, said Vacantis females, take St. Teresa's advice, St. Teresa's advice. Turn your eyes upon yourself. Fix yourself. And if you are married, then maybe you will sanctify your husband. If you're single, maybe instead of marrying the first schlop you meet, you might actually find a spouse who's worthy of you. Now, disclaimer, when I say worthy, I mean if you're in the right spiritual and natural mindset. Because a lot of, and I've heard this expression for years, oh, I need to find a person worthy of me. Well, if you're full of pride, you know, a lot of times you're going to either marry the wrong person or if you're secular, you're going to shack up with the wrong person. Because you're so full of pride that you think you know better. And you're going to probably end up picking the wrong spouse. Now, to, I don't know if any of my regular listeners, and when I say regular, I'm talking from the St. Longinus' podcast days. I realize a lot of the stuff that I'm covering right now, I've covered ad nauseum. I, I think at this point, I'm up to 170 episodes, all told. But for this episode, in case... God forbid anything should happen. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about death. I found my purpose. If, if, God, if God wants my life, he can have it. I don't care how it comes. You know, I'm doing the best I can. That's all I can, that, that's all I can do. Anything else after this, you know, I can only do what I can do. But, You know, I just, I'm going to be covering a lot of old ground. I'm going to be covering a lot of old ground. Just mainly because I feel led to do it. Um, I just... You know, at the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, or for that matter, at the end of our life, we have to take responsibility for what we did, what we thought, and what we said. And this all boils back to what I said in an earlier episode. You want to reform society? Reform yourself. Reform yourself. But honestly... Don't take a shallow, superficial view. Oh, I fixed myself. I'm no longer eating like a bag of Doritos a day. Because that's another thing we do as human beings, as, as moderns. We, we half-butt it. Uh, actually, as human beings. Because I've, I've read some Middle Ages saints who said, you know, every, everybody wants to, God doesn't want 
you know, half of us. He wants all of us. But, you know, look at yourself honestly. And by the way, to, get, to actually examine yourself completely honest, honestly takes a lot of moral courage. What we, what we need for the upcoming times is less physical courage and more moral courage. That's what we need. We don't need people who are willing to die for the faith. I mean, that should be your default position anyhow if you're taking your faith seriously. We need more people who are willing to die to themselves for the one true Catholic Church. And part of that is take responsibility for yourself. I am so sick to death, you know, of, of hearing, you know, I, we live in a social media world. Me personally, I've been trying because it tends to really irritate me. I've been trying to avoid it, but occasionally things come across my radar and usually 99% of the time, I'm sorry that I came across them because all it does is irritate me. Because, you know, one of the sermons I heard was about, you know, being the example to our secular neighbors, which is true. We are to be the example. But if you're still stuck, if you're still stuck on stupid and you're saying, well, soy's making our men effeminate, and, well, if we had a based-in-red-pilled Republican in the White House, everything would, you know, everybody wants the white knight on the little white horsey to ride in and save the day. Guess what? It ain't happening. You got to put on your big, boy, your big boy white armor, and you got to climb your big boy white horse, and you have to, but before you could do that, you have to become that knight, you know? Sitting around, watching stupid movies, listening to stupid podcasts is not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. You have to do the work. But before you could do the work, you have to change the way you think spiritually and naturally. But before all else, the spiritual has to come first. And thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus, because I don't really think I've covered this aspect. The spiritual has to come before the natural. So in other words, if, uh, if let's just say you're a secular and you're interested in improving yourself spiritually, well, reading all the philosophy in the world it's not going to improve you spiritually because at the end of the day, human philosophy is natural. Read, read the lives of the saints, actually practice what the one true Catholic church teaches and you will gain spiritual wisdom, which will help change your natural thinking. The spiritual has to come first. It has to. 
Um, but once again, everybody wants you know somebody else to take responsibility, which leads me to another point I wanted to get to. Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. Every everybody wants somebody else to take charge. Everybody wants somebody else to do something. And I'll use myself as an example. I would love nothing better to do than to have my own independent media center and, you know, whatever. I don't have the means. So I can want to do that all I want to. Right now, it's not possible. But does that resolve me of the responsibility of taking initiative and doing, and this should be natural by the of natural thought, common sense, does that resolve me of my responsibility to do what I can with what I have and let God and the blessed, His Blessed Mother do the rest? No, it doesn't. You know, I, I know people, well, I'm in an area where there's no sedvacantus. I'd like to be a monk, but there's no monasteries where I live. And all I got to say is, okay, take initiative. Do what you can. That's why I always talk about people get hung up on the, the sacraments. Okay, if you don't have access to the sacraments, that does not excuse your sloth, laziness. You are called to do what you can with what you've got. Making excuses. Well, I live in a secular country. I live in a, a Protestant country. Blah, 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 blah. Quit making excuses. Take initiative. Do something. It doesn't have... Once again, I'm going to go back to something I mentioned. For moderns, everything's got to be grandiose. It's got to be grandiose. It's got to be the grand gesture. We've literally got to be the meme of the mouse flipping off the falcon as it's swooping in for the kill. It doesn't have to be grandiose. If you were reading your saints like you're supposed to, you would realize St. Teresa of, of, of uh, the infant Jesus... She was made a saint not because she performed great acts. Her whole, if you bothered to read her writings, everything she did was simple, small, and it was done out of charity or love. That's it. All you have to do, you know, as often as you're able is to do one small act of charity or love. It, you know, it, do it as often as you can. You know, when, and by the way, you know, this is just doesn't go for God's sake. It goes for your neighbors as well. It goes for your neighbors as well. Um. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not talking to a sm smelly homeless dude or oh my neighbor is a drunk who beats his wife. I, I he's a scumbag. I don't need to talk to him. 
Um, I hate to say this, but the left-wingers... Now, obviously, they're saying the right thing for the wrong reasons. We're to love our neighbor regardless. Because, yes, I'm old enough to remember the stupid bumper stickers that the left-wingers used to put on their car, on their cars. Oh, God says love anyone, no ex- everyone, no exceptions. Even, even in my polluted, polluted um, natural state, I thought that that was a load of garbage. It was just their way of being self-satisfied with themselves. Oh, I'm such a virtuous person. I toss a quarter in the home and cup. I recycle. Oh, what a good boy am I. That's another thing, too. If you don't learn humility... God will humble you one way or the other. And part of humility is is you are no better and for that matter, no worse than the uh, the cracked addict, the hooker, the embezzler, the robber, the thief, and the killer. You're no better. As a matter of fact, if you understood the grace of God, if you're said of a contest, that he brought, he gave you the grace of giving you the truth and you take it for granted, I would, I'm going to be bold enough to say, you're worse than those people. You're worse than those people if you're complacent. Because if you, if you took an honest look and realized the grace that you've been given. There is absolutely no way in heck that you could sit in judgment over anybody. I don't care how bad. I don't care if they're Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't care if they're uh, Manson. I, I don't care. Pick your serial killer. Or since sh- school shootings seem to be the rage, I don't care if it's the worst school shooter, the Columbine kids. I don't care. You're no better. You're worse. Because you're taking a gift from God and you're taking it for granted. And if you're not practicing your spiritual life, you have no right to complain. You have no right to complain about anything in society and culture because at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself. So if society and culture is screwed up, You played a part in that. And I don't care if you go to Mass three or four times a week. I don't care, you know, in... I'll make a disclaimer here. I'm sure there are some people who lead very devout and pious lives. This isn't directed at them. This is directed at the people who are complacent, arrogant, and self-satisfied. Because at the end of the day, you, you know, there is no excuse. You are ultimately, you know, you're ultimately responsible for yourself. And I, you know, hate it that I have to repeat this. If you have kids and a spouse, you're also responsible for them as well. Not in the sense that you can control what they think or their actions, but are you setting the example? If you set the example, if you, you know, if you're, if you're giving them words of wisdom and they go off and do their own thing, 
That's not on you. That's not on you. But what is on you is realizing that I, I, I don't care if all the drag queens in the world and the homosexuals or pick your favorite outcast type are marching down your main street naked doing sex acts with each other. Your responsibility is first to God and then reforming yourself. And then if you're setting the proper example and you have the proper spiritual mindset, you don't go to them and wave your finger. You just, you know, you don't approve. And you, you be honest. You tell them, look, I don't agree with what you're doing, but you're still a child of God. Leave it at that and let your example do the talking. That, that brings me to another thing, especially with the younger types. You know, and this, this once again, your society screwed up because as parents, you checked out. You know, and once again, I'm not blaming all parents. I'm saying the ones, you know, who, di who didn't practice the spiritual life, who don't have the proper spiritual mindset. But they raise their kids and their kids become every bit of sons of hell that they are. They want to shake their finger in everyone else's face but themselves. This is another thing too. If you're not, if you don't have the spiritual um, mindset, how are you going to set the example for your kids, for your neighbors. How are you going to be the salt and light if you're not even practicing? But, you know, you feel self-righteous enough to, uh, oh, these degenerates, oh, these, these, these gay people, oh, oh, oh. And that's because, you know, we lack moral courage. We don't want to do the hard thing like, as I said before, not everyone's going to be a saint. Reading Catholic history proves it. But we're to try. We're to try. You know, we're not excused from duty. This is a duty. And might I add, if you're serious about this, it's an honor. And you should treat it as such. But everyone wants to, you know, they, they want to, uh, what I call LARP, live action role play. They want to pretend to be something that they're not. You know, they think by putting on their best clothes, maybe praying once a day, saying blessings, um, and going to church however often that they do, somehow makes them a member of God's church. When I was a Protestant, we had a saying. And part of humility is remembering that, yes, Protestants are heretics, but even a heretic or a schismatic is right. A broke clock is right twice a day. But we used to say, just because you go into the garage does not make you a car. You know, but a lot of people forget this. 
A lot of people forget this. Or they don't want to look at it. Um... You know, I remember, I remember back about three or four years ago, like I said, when I had a foot in both camps, that the self-improvement thing was a fad. It was, it was a YouTube fad. Every, every based and red-pilled uh, YouTuber was telling their, their doughy, spoiled little uh, listeners well, you need to get in shape. You need to get those chicks. You know, you need to improve yourself. Self-improvement, blah, 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 blah. Uh, at the time, I, I was contemptuous of them because, once again, I recognized that the Internet has fads. Which is why, if you want to keep your sanity, you should try to limit your Internet as much as you can. But, once again about a broken clock, they were right. But whereas they're focused on the natural, and honestly, a lot of the guys on YouTube are atheist, or at best agnostic, but they're looking at it from the natural. What we need to be looking at is the spiritual. Be, to beat a dead horse. Before we could change the natural aspects, we got to change the spiritual. And by the way, when I say we, I'm saying I'm not I'm not falling into the the heresy of Pelagianism where we don't need the saints, we don't need our blessed mother or our lord. We have to have the humility for, to ask them for help. But if we ask them for help, that doesn't mean we sit on our thumbs. Once again, white horsey, you know, Jesus to come in and touch me with his finger and I'll, I'll be a saint. I'll be the next St. Louis de Montfort. I'll be the next St. Teresa of Avila. I'll be the next St. John of the Cross. No. No. What that means is you ask for the help with the things that you're aware of and you ask for help if there's stuff that you don't know about. And I guarantee, from my own experience, that there, there's going to be stuff inside of you that you're going to be unaware of that if you're serious about your spiritual life, well, it'll come to light. And once it comes to light, then you ask for graces to help with that. But this, once again, this boils down to initiative. You know, and once again, and this, this all has to do with modern society and culture. And everyone thinks that modern society and culture started 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Modern society and culture has been around for, for centuries. The only difference between now and the Protestant revolt is enough time has elapsed from the initial, well, there have always been heresies, but from the Protestant her heresy that 
we're living as basically degraded, as degraded of, of human beings as, it, at least in recent modern history. That's the only difference. And part of showing initiative and, you know, once again, if you're making excuses, whoa, oh, I, 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 I don't have a set of a contest, uh, priest, or I don't have a church, or I, I, I want to be a monk. What's to stop you from reading the saints and taking the advice of the spiritual writers? What you you need you need the official stamp of approval? Why? Because I guarantee you, when I was in the military, I was taught, don't wait for the sergeant to tell you. If you see something needs to be done, go do it. And for those of you who've seen combat, know this implicitly. In the heat of battle, you don't wait for your, your, your sergeant, your corporal, or your lieutenant to tell you to do something. If you see it needs to be done, you do it. And by the way, we are, whether you want to admit this or not, we are in spiritual combat right now as I speak. And it's fixing to intensify. If you don't get off your dead butt and do something now while you still have time, you may be a casualty. But part of showing the initiative is also recognizing that you need to fix yourself. You know, if more people, I'm talking about set of contests actually, uh, more than anyone else. If more people were worried about their spiritual lives and improving themselves spiritually, then set of contests would not be the minority within a minority. They would actually be the actual forces of light. They would literally be like the first Catholics who converted an empire. Now, I'm not so presumptuous as to try to guess God's will. But if those first Catholics planted the seeds, we, we are called to do the same thing. And yet we're too busy fighting each other, backbiting each other. You know, all worried about our prerogatives. Our prerogatives. We have no prerogatives. And this, this goes for the, the highest prelate instead of a contism to the lowest catechumen. We have no prerogatives. Our prerogative is God's will and his blessed mother's will. Nothing else. Okay? You know... As I never get tired of saying ad nauseum, the Titanic is sinking and we're arguing, we're arguing about this, the seating arrangements on the deck as it's tilting. That leads me to complacency. Now I know, I know there's barely any set of contests, if any, that listen to this. But given given that I have confidence in, in my Lord and my, and my mother, 
This will get out when it needs to get out. You said Vacantis prelates. I'm telling you, you need to start setting up an underground church of some sort. Now, the first, the first apostles, um, they they literally um, had no choice. They were underground by their very nature because the government had driven them underground. We're not laboring under that constraint right now. Right now. But time is of the essence. You best wake up. Time is of the essence. This is just a theory I have. Nothing more. I'm not claiming in anything, you know, authoritatively. But um, we are literally living in the days of the first Catholics. We are literally living in the day. We have gone back to the degradedness of pagan Rome. When 90%, probably more than 90% of the world's population was pagan. This is another reason why the spiritual life is so important. Because it's easy, it's very easy to sit on your dead butt and call um, the blue-haired, overweight, tatted-up, pierced um, street protester a pagan. There are plenty of of of, uh, of pagans running around. Some of who, whether they know it or not, are actually said of a con- or they claim to be said of a contest, but you would never know it by their public actions. You would never know it by their persona on the internet. You know. I don't care if this comes back to bite me. Father Bernard Utley is a prophet. He is a prophet. And way back in 2015 at the Fatima Conference, he pointed the way. And here we are in 2022, and people are still acting like it's 2015. You know, they want to pretend like, you know, And that, that's part of the spiritual life. And he even did a, a series on the spiritual life. Because once again, I believe the man was uh, had the, the Holy Ghost and our Lord and our Lady were leading him to do this. To prepare ourselves spiritually. We're talking, okay, 2015, what, seven years? Seven years. And a lot of people have been wasting this time. They've been wasting it. And, you know, we're not gifted. We're not gifted with uh, all the time in the world. Given the fact that we're human beings, the most human beings, I said most, don't live past the age of 65 or 70 if you know if they're blessed. We don't have all the time in the world to waste. And by the way, and it, it really um, 
shames me to have to say this, the saints themselves tell Catholics, live every day like it may be your last, because it may, and it may not be due. Your death may not come because of the big, the big Masonic Goomba coming to your door and shooting you. It could happen in any different ways. And I'm not sure if I covered this. I don't think I did, but somebody I was talking to mentioned the fact that, well, Vatican II, uh, Muslims, Buddhists, uh, Protestants, they're not, they're not, they're not atheists because they have a conception of God. And I tried explaining the error in that thinking. Because Bishop Sanborn, if anybody bothered to, you know, listen to something beneficial, said that if you're not a true Catholic, by all intents and purposes, you are a practical atheist. And a lot of people miss this point. There was a reason I took the spiritual journey that I did. Because there can only be one God. And if you're not worshiping Him correctly, you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping a God of your own conception. And for you 300 IQ takers out there, I'm going to tell you flat out. If you don't realize that if you're worshiping a God of your own conception, you're a practical atheist, there's no hope for you. You're literally a lost cause. Barring, barring a literal intervention from our Lord or His Blessed Mother. You are literally a lost cause. Because, as the old Mexican proverb goes, even the most stupid bird knows how to fly. If there's only one God, then there's only one, one route to truth. One true God. Everything else, you know... Um... I could call myself the 13th disciple. And I could say that with full conviction, full honesty, and still be wrong. Okay? And I tried, I tried to explain the concept, which, honestly speaking, should be very simple to even the most simple person, because I consider myself one of the most simple people, not just in the way I live, but my way of thinking, that when, when, when the first Catholic missionaries fanned out into pagan Europe to convert to pagan tribes, these guys were worshiping tree gods, war gods, water gods, air gods, sun gods, fire gods. If they were worshiping a god, okay, or the true God, why would we need to send missionaries out to convert them? Because they have a conception of God, therefore, they're not, they're not pagans, they're not atheists. They're just, 
You know, they got a conception of God. They're just mistaken. No. We sent out missionaries because they were wrong. And they needed to be converted. They needed to be converted. And now we, you know, fast forward, fast forward 3,000 years, and we, for all intents and purposes, are right back to where we started from. Literally right back to where we started from. And by the way, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. For those of you who don't have a set of a contest organization within your, uh, within your area, one of the nice things about uh, taking responsibility for yourself and then showing initiative is, is that if things go the way I suspect they're going to, you could be, in your own way, the next apostle for your area. But you're not going to do it when you're distracted with garbage that don't matter and you're complacent and you're not, you're not, you know, you need to be led by the hand. You know, um... Before the apostles literally planted the seeds of the Catholic Church throughout the Roman Empire, they prayed for 40 days, with the Blessed Mother, of course, for the Holy Ghost to come down upon them, which Jesus had promised them. Okay? This goes back to you start spiritually and the natural will come. St. Peter could not have been the, the first pope of, the, of the, the true Catholic Church if Jesus had promised him that he would be leader of the church and then he kept acting the way he did. Now, once again, a lot of people are going to get that twisted because natural thinking comes naturally even to set of a contest and think, well, um, well, he needed the Holy Ghost. And, but before, before the Holy Ghost came, what did he do? What did he do? He prayed with the other apostles and the disciples, no less, for a hundred, uh, I'm not 120, 40 days straight. He performed mortifications, spiritual mortifications to prepare himself. Now, last time I checked, none of us is St. Peter, and we're supposed to follow his and the other saints' example. If you're not doing that, why? 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 You know, you can't lead by example if you're not the example. And everybody, like I said, the two keys to this whole thing are, first of all, first of all, um, you have to spiritually, you have to get in the right, proper spiritual mindset. 
And number two, you got to take initiative. And by the way, what I said about the isolated set of accountants goes for the, the set of accountants who actually are blessed enough with a parish or a church. I, I, I don't think there are actual parishes inside of Pentecostalism, but they have a church. You're not relieved of that responsibility. There's a reason why I did an episode where I, I literally detailed that, you know, it's not the, res, the total responsibility of the, the priests, the monks, and the nuns. Quite frankly, these people are like, literally like combat medics. They are that busy. They are one, running from one place to another, at least in the case of my priest. I respect the heck out of that guy. And I try to, you know, I, I try to do the best I can for the man. And honestly speaking, I don't want his responsibility of running four or five churches. I'm not capable of that. I'm not capable and I'm not equipped temporally or spiritually for that or temper uh, temper wise. But I'm going to do the best I can in my own situation. And if God and the blessed, his blessed mother sees fit to see otherwise, I got to do what they want. I don't get a choice. Dust does not have a choice. Clay does not have a choice. We do what the Creator wants us to do. That's it. And that's another thing too. We think we can pick or choose. We think we can pick or choose what, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. If you uh, understand divine providence, you know already that's an error. We don't get a choice. We do what God wants us to do. Now, God, God gave us free will. So if he leads us in a particular direction and we don't take it, then if we get smacked in the dirt, it's nobody's responsibility but our own. And by the way, I'm including myself in this. My, my biggest... My biggest uh, wish, for lack of a better term, uh, in this life is be perfectly attuned to His will. But because I'm full of the corruption that I'm full of, I'm never sure at any given point. I'm never entire. And by the way, that's part of being human. That's part of being human. Is, you know, we want to be led by the hand. Now, wanting to be led by the hand by our Lord and our Lady is a good spiritual attitude. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's like being in the middle of combat. If your machine gun breaks down and you're, dip, you know, in the middle of a human wave attack, you've got to do something. Anything. But sitting around... Waving your arm. Hey, Sarge. Hey, LT. We need a machine gun. It's broken. You're going to die. You're going to get your buddies killed. We got to take responsibility. And, and ultimately, 
That's that's what I believe. That's one of the uh, one of the things that St. Paul was getting at. Where I believe it was St. Paul, might have been one of the other apostles, but they talked about this spirit of fear because everyone's so scared. Oh, I might do the wrong thing. I might wind up in hell. Well, if you if you're doing the best you can with the right intentions, what you you think that God God is some sort of uh, uh, godly drill sergeant that he's going to punish you for something that as your maker, number one, he already knew was going to happen. And number two, knows you better than you know yourself that he's going to punish you for that. Part of having the right spiritual mindset is understanding the concept of mercy. Having the concept of forgiveness. Which leads me back to a previous example. We're not always going to have the sacraments. If you're using the sacraments and your priests, or in the case of some said vacantes, bishops, as a crutch, that's what it is. It's a crutch. And it also shows a lack of spiritual thinking. Because you're literally not conceiving of a time where, well, maybe my priest won't be here. Maybe my bishop won't. Maybe I won't get the sacraments. Initiative. God, and here's the thing. It's not as if God just said, well, the Masonic forces of evil are going to take over and I'm going to take away your, your means of grace and enjoy, bye-bye. He gave us means. But if you're if if you're doing whatever it is you're doing when you should be, you know, reading up on this stuff, that's on you. He gave us this, the, the, the tools necessary. So if that day ever came, which by the way, you know, for you said the conscious out there, oh this guy, this guy's so tough on us. I'm every bit as tough on, on the priests and prelates that came after the Protestant revolt who, there, there were, by the way, if you don't believe me, Bishop Sanborn did a, uh, a um, not a sermon, but a, uh, a talk to his seminarians about how in the 1700s there was a faction of the College of Cardinals who wanted to Conformed the church to the will uh, to, to 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 human beings, the society and culture at large, and then there were other uh, bishops in the College of Cardinals who who were the uh, Saint Pius X faction before he was even born, who said, "No, go pound sand. We you know we do not make compromises with the enemy." And by the way, you know, I mentioned this earlier. I've been told I'm uncompromising. And this was way back when I was a pagan. And I told that person, yeah, if it's a matter of principle, I'm uncompromising. There's nothing wrong with being uncompromising. The minute you start compromising yourself to any, any creature outside, well, God's not a creature, 
God or His Blessed Mother, outside of them or the saints, many you start compromising with human beings, you're lost. Here's the thing. You know, here's here's um, where a knowledge of Catholic history comes in. We are being literally prepared for this moment. We have been prepared, or being prepared. And a lot of people are too spiritually blind to see it. So I tend to be harsh on the, the, the actual traitors within our own ranks that gave us Vatican II, but even the well-meaning um, priests and prelates who made compromises, made compromises in their spiritual life, made compromises with the world at large, calling Protestants separated brethren. You don't call your enemy, oh well, yeah, yeah, he's a pagan or whatever, he's just a separated brethren, he's just mistaken. Now my saying, you know, you, you go out and you know, assault them, no. But you don't call them what they're not. There is a reason I do not call Vatican II sect members, being a former Vatican II sect member, Catholics. They're not. They may be well-meaning. They may be very nice people. I don't care. They're, they're heretics. And because they're responsible, not me, I'm not responsible. They are. They have to take responsibility for themselves. I'm a former Protestant. I don't call Protestants Christians because they're not. True Catholics are Christians. I don't call the Eastern Orthodox Schismatics Christians. And I said this after Mass today. I call them Schismatics. And they were giving me funny looks. These are fellow seven counties. They're giving me funny looks. Why is he saying that? Because it's the truth. That's, that's out of the realms of propriety and blah, blah, blah. Well, if I knew any Eastern, uh, Eastern Orthodox schismatics, you know, if they'd say, oh, we're Christians just like you, I'd say, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. You're not. You're schismatic. You broke with us. You know, I would tell them. Not out of a malicious pleasure, not out of you know a deep, deep-seated, uh, a deep-seated um, uh, desire to to uh, insult them or to hurt their feelings or to downgrade them as people. We can be truthful, but we can be tactful. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to compromise. Or at least, Lord willing, I hope I never compromise. Because as of, as of this recording today, at this time, I have no intention of giving this, this cesspit that we live in an inch. And 
for those of you said vacantes who don't want to become physical martyrs or for those of you who are willing to go through a physical martyrdom but don't want to go through a spiritual one we don't get a choice we are called to do what we are called to do it is God's will but you don't get to make it up as you go along just like the Protestants you don't get to do your own will and say oh I'm doing the will of God you don't get to do that Okay? We are called to do whatever God calls us to do. Okay, so... Um, oh, I was talking about the bishops... If, 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 well, like I said, I have faith and confidence that if, the, if my Lord and His mother want this out, they'll get it out. You need to start preparing. And bishops of all people, I'm talking about Sedvacantus bishops, obviously, should know the concept that they're responsible for the souls under their care. Now, if they teach them the right things and, you know, their, their, their flock, for whatever reason, does what they do, that's not on them. But they're also... And I think maybe this is just a theory. It's, I'm not speaking authoritatively, but I think part of it is, is since literally there's no magisterium, they, they think that, well, there's no legitimate magisterium, therefore there's nothing we can do. We didn't always have a magisterium. We didn't always, and when I say magisterium, I'm not talking about the teachings from the apostles. I'm not talking about the teachings from the saints. And I'm not talking about um, the, the basis or the, the, the foundations of Catholicism. When I say that there's no physical magisterium, I'm talking about, you know, we, we have literal Masonic Satan worshipers running a fake church within the buildings that once belonged to, to Jesus Christ. And they still do, by the way. Now, a lot of people miss that point, too. They may have the buildings. They're not going to keep them. And anyway, they're just buildings. That's all they are. They're buildings. Whoever has the Spirit of Christ is a true Catholic. Now, before some 300, I, well, well, I'm a Protestant and I have this. No, 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 no. Because if you had the true Spirit of Christ, you wouldn't be a Protestant, you wouldn't be Vatican II, you wouldn't be a schismatic, you would be a set of a contest. And it is up to us, you know. There's more to the deposit of faith than just what goes on inside of you spiritually. The deposit of faith also means our Gospels, our Saints' writings, our teachings, 
It is up to us. It is our responsibility, but especially to the bishops, that they make preparation to keep or, or to safeguard the deposits of, say, of faith, i.e. books, and make preparation. You know, bishops especially, and by the way, before anyone accuses me of presumption, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I wouldn't presume to tell the bishops anything. Because I'm fully aware that there's probably a lot going on within the Sedlacontis um, hierarchy that I'm unaware of. But, you know, I'm, I'm just putting it out there that we need to make preparation. And, you know, we don't have time as an excuse. Oh, we've got all the time. No, we don't. Because we don't know when the Masonic overlords are going to come crashing down. We have no idea. And we, you know, once again, going back to every day being our last, we need to act that way. So we need to start making preparations, you know, if it's the Lord's will, and that's another thing too. I tried I try not to be a hypocrite. Maybe it's not the Lord's will. But I I can only do what I think is the right course of action. And until it becomes quite evident, in other words, let's just say the 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 Masonic uh, agents that run the world decide to go after the one, the remainder of the true Catholic Church, which means our, you know, not just the people, but the teachings, everything, and shut all that down. You know, let's just say it happens in five minutes. Let's just say it happens tomorrow. Okay, at that point, yeah, it, it was God's will. Well, I'm not presuming to know his will. So as far as I'm concerned, until that time happens, where they're literally, and by the way, for those of you who are uh, less than historically minded, that's exactly what the Roman emperors did when they persecuted the first Catholics. It's not only did they kill the believers or try to make them apostatize but they they told them that they needed to turn over the sacred writings okay so how how anybody with a historical understanding can think that this isn't going to happen is beyond me it's ha if, if it's happened before it can happen again And part of the preparation we need to be making is, and I, I said this in, in an earlier episode, is we need to be setting up things where we, we, we keep the ta capital T traditions, but the, the small t, t traditions of having our Bibles in the 
16th century English and our prayers in the 16th century English and using outmoded Victorian terms like ejaculation to today's society who is so degraded we need to start making those preparations as soon as we can because we're not always going to have this time Right now, we've been given a respite. It's not always going to last. You know, and it, you know I, I've met some people that they think, oh, I've got all the time in the world. I got all, you know, this isn't going to happen for 200, 300 years. That's presumption, and it's also complacency. You don't know that. You, if that's your attitude, you literally don't know that. You literally don't know that. So quit pretending that you're the smartest person in the room, humbling yourself, and, and, and live, living your faith, and quit making excuses for yourself. Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. That's what I meant to say earlier. The first, the first thing to anybody, and I mean absolutely anybody, but in particular, said Vacantis, in addition to showing initiative, take responsibility for yourself. Because when you go for your judgment, you don't get to palm it off on somebody else. You don't get to palm it off on your parents. You don't. You got to take responsibility. And it isn't as if the saints and the true Catholic Church haven't taught this. So, I think this is a good place to stop. This is a good place to end. Like I said, um, I felt like this needed to get out. Uh, whether or not I will do this kind of length again will be wherever the Lord leads me to. And by the way, if you have a short attention span, you don't have to listen to all of this in one single sitting. Break it up into chunks. Because I don't take credit for these thoughts. I'm not smart enough. I'm not holy enough. If there's any wisdom in any of what I just said, or for that matter, anything in my podcast, both of them, it's from God and the Blessed Mother and the Saints. I take credit for none of it. So, I know, I know that this has been um, rather lengthy, but I... I gave a warning at the beginning of the podcast. And I make I make no apologies. I gave the warning. And the tone, if you don't like the tone, well, I I I have to say part of taking responsibility for yourself is if something irritates you, maybe giving the thought, oh gee. 
Is it him or is it me? And being honest enough to recognize, well, maybe it's me. What can I change about this? You know, that's, that's one last thing before I close this out. Society, especially in its present, the society and culture, especially in its present day iteration, is due to the fact that people have been coddled, that, that people have been um, indulged. They've been coddled, they've been indulged, they've been spoiled. No real sacrifices have been asked of them. And for you boomer set of the contest, if you should listen, I'm not talking about the Masonic sacrifices that your great-grandparents or your parents made during World War II. That was the Masonic War. The, the, the sacrifices that they were forced to make were Masonic sacrifices. They didn't need to actually... I mean, if they'd been... Um, for the sake of God and the Blessed Mother, then yes. Those are, but if it's for the Masonic government that's not legitimate, those aren't, those aren't true sacrifices in the true spiritual meaning of the term. And for those of you that want to get butthurt over that, enjoy, because I'm not apologizing. You need to hear it. You may not like the tone. Don't care. You know, don't care. You know, I'm, as St. Bernadette Subarus, who's one of my favorite saints, said, I'm here to inform, not convince. So if you, if you don't have enough spiritual courage to look the truth dead in the eye, that's not on me. That's on you. So... But I do thank you if you've gone this far. I do. I appreciate it. And I do care. I do care. Now, do I care in the way that God cares? Well, I'm not a saint yet, so obviously not. And by the way, it is uh, my intention, if it be God's will, that I become a saint. But I'm not going to be presumptuous and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to claim stuff for myself because I do try to practice what I preach to put it bluntly. But if it's, if, if it's God's will that I become a saint, I intend to do that. Come with me. But I do care about you guys and I pray for everyone. I pray for everyone. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But it starts with us. It starts for, with us taking responsibility. And at the end of the day, if you want to change yourself, that's, that's the, the, the basis, the foundation. You got to take responsibility for yourself. And being completely and utterly honest with yourself. So, thank you for listening. 
I appreciate your time. I do. And I appreciate your patience. Especially on this episode. But like I said, if you have a short attention span, break it up into chunks. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.